good. Did you like sitting at the kids' I table? I loved sitting at the kids' table. So did you like sitting at the kids' table? We would make really bad I think jokes. I did with my cousins specifically, but typically at parties I can remember feeling like I wanted to sit with the adults. I always wanted to hang out with the adults. Right. Not always, but there was – unless I really liked the kids. Yeah. I was more interested in what the adults were talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, with us, we had – with my cousins, we were, we were – you know, we're all the same age. Yes. The cu- so it was my- a contest of who could make milk come out the other person's nose. <laughs> all we would do – and we would play before – like on Thanksgiving, we'd play games. We used to do this thing where we'd play life, and then we'd write our own cards – or Monopoly and write our own cards. So like, you know, there's Community Chest or whatever in Monopoly and there's life cards. But we'd write cards that would say, you know, eat a spoon, eat a teaspoon of dirt or go tell Aunt Tutu that her food is disgusting. <laughs> like all this stuff. I, I just want to know who named her Aunt Tutu. Well, Tutu was her nickname. Um, and she was married to Booty, which I think I told you Booty came about because... My grandmother, when she was little, she spoke German, and she would call him brother. And she would say, Bruder, or Bruder is brother in German. Right. But she couldn't say that when she was four years old. She'd say booty, and he became booty for the rest of his life. She was just going around nicknaming everybody, because my aunt, her little sister, was named Bappy. Because booty, she couldn't say Bappy, Betty. and Tutu? <laughs> wow. Please tell your family to stop being so basic. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, anyway, the kids' table <laughs> rocked. Please report back. And especially the normalcy, during The normalcy going on is just too much to handle. Please tell Tutu, Bappy, and Bop, Bop, Bippity, Boppity, Boo. Yeah. Yeah. Bappy, Contine, because she couldn't say Catherine. Bappy, Booty, Tutu. There's also, we had a Thipa, Aunt Thipa. <laughs> Okay, enough. This is not. I feel like you're just putting consonants and vowels in weird positions and shoving them at me. I am, but they're also true names. <laughs> they're also real names. Ask, ask my, ask my mom. She'll give you the. Okay, I will next time I see her downtown subscription, which might be tomorrow. It might be. Now we have a theme song. Oh, we we actually do have a theme song. We do? Yeah. What's our theme song? Well, it's Supplicant's song, of course. Oh, wait. What am I talking about? It's been so long since we recorded, we forgot that we have a theme song. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even know. But I was joking. I was making like a TV joke, like a reference. But um, we actually do have a theme song. (laughs) Oops. What if you and I were just crazy, just being absolutely... What if we this actually... is all a ruse. Everyone's in on it. Everyone who writes and says, we love your podcast, right. Even is the... like, there's no podcast. Even the person who gave us one star. <laughs> I love our one star. I really I treasure the one star. I know. Or your sister's four stars. I know. We'll never yeah. let you live live that down, Katie. No. Four star Katie. She's a, she's a tough cookie. You, you can't just entertain her. Sister. Yeah, she has high standards. I think standards. she's just bummed out her name wasn't like... <laughs> 
Marfa oh, or Kikuki? something. <laughs> well, her. <laughs> no, her. Her. Well, this is a good time. I think. I think she deserves this for the four star review. Her nickname when she was a little girl was Baby Barn Smell. Why? Because she's born in a barn. That was her first house. Born in a barn in Central Valley, and then she became. Then she has other like Mary Marvel is one. Uh, my aunt Robin gave her that, and um, Katrinka Princess. Yeah, I'm. I'm like Buster and Professor and Torpo Hangdrup. What are your Excuse nicknames? Excuse me. Excuse me. Can we repeat those? Buster. Uh, what did I say? Buster Professor. That was my grandmother, and Torpo Hangdrup. I'm not going to go into Torpo Hangdrup. What were your nicknames? Uh, Bree, of course. <laughs> B. A lot of people just call me B. B. Um, Beanie. Beanie. What else? That's cute. Those beanie. Are little Beanie. Little Beanie. Um, those are the those are the, the big ones. Okay. And my, I had some friends that had some weird nicknames for me, but that was we won't go into that. We won't because today because this is a, actually a meditation. Because podcast. we forgot we it's been so long <laughs> since we've podcasted. We, don't we know forgot how to that do this it. is a meditation podcast, and we're you know ostensibly should be discussing that. Yes. So let's. I do guess that. there is no should in this universe. There's could. There is wood. There's only the, the field of all possibilities. There's good. And in there is a, in the multi universe. I'm still just there rhyming. You're not. You're not playing a lot. Who are podcasting to microphones that are not plugged in? <laughs> right, and everyone is in on it. That would be a great, a very specific, small scale. Um, what's the the one where the world is like built for the guy and? Oh, Truman. Yeah, show? it's like a very small st- small scale yeah. version of that. I used to worry about that as a kid, that the whole... The podcast predicament? The podcast... Pre- I worried that I would one day grow up, have a podcast with you, and no one would hear it. No, I, w- <laughs> I worried that the world was constructed... I think as a child, you are egomaniacal in the, in the first well, place. Well, in a but, sense, you're trying to get your, your sense of place in the world. Yeah, but... And the world does sort of revolve around you. But I yeah. remember thinking, everyone's in on it, and they're oh, all... It's all oh, no. I used to think the same thing. Really? Yeah. Did and I, I used that? to also think Show I was the, hands. there was a time when I when I also thought I was the only one alive and everybody else was just sort of a robot kind of like phantom images or a robot or hi Hankers Hank Hank is Hank is here he knows we're podcasting so he's he loves like, to join I can't podcast unless I just, Come oh, that in, was it do a loop and then leave whoa that's a good one that was thunder we got thunder. Oh, that's this why Hank great. came down. Oh, buddy. He's scared. Okay. He's a little well, bit Well, sit down out. and meditate with us. Yes. Um, okay. Okay, so. so. How is, how's your meditation going? Let's start Okay. There. Well, my <laughs> I haven't meditated today, but that's only because today is weird. But I'm really excited about what we're going to discuss today. Okay, great. Which is creation, maintenance, and destruction one of my favorite subjects. I didn't know that this was a concept. I didn't know that the, these three words together was yeah. conceptually something that... May, when we're, I mean, when you say it, you say it like it's a well-known concept. It's, a, it's, it's actually addressing laws of nature. And what I like about the, how creation, maintenance, and destruction work and this Vedic law of nature, it's a, it's a subtle law of nature, but these are still 
you know, there's layers of laws of nature. This is a subtle one, but what I like about it is it's so teachable. So it's not, um, it's something you can throw on a meditator the day after they learn and, and they can, it's easy to understand. It's, um, it's useful and practical. So most, when we ever, whenever we talk about Vedic knowledge, I always, it's nice to remind people that knowledge is for action, period, the end. Knowledge is for action. If, if not, then why, why talk about it? You know, I think. Um, what do you mean by that? Knowledge is for action. Knowledge, if we're going to talk about knowledge, it should always be in service of us performing action. Okay in a successful way or in a way that brings evolution to yourself and to others around you and to the universe as a whole. Um, if you know stuff and you don't do anything with it, well, then two things are happening. One, you're hoarding knowledge. Two, if you're not putting it into action, then you're not, then you're gaining the knowledge, but you're not embodying it. So there's a, there's a time and I always talk about my own kind of, um, oh God, journey. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you, you did just do air quotes, <laughs> so it's allowed. And I scrunched my face. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as a meditator, you, my arc was, I learned the meditation. I didn't want any knowledge. Then I started. Then I went to one group meditation, and then I couldn't get enough of it because the knowledge is so good. And then I started doing Veda courses, and. Uh, there's a time where you start to assimilate some of this knowledge. It starts to seep in. You hear the same kind of themes over and over again. and But there's this, for me anyway, there was a gap between learning it and putting it into action. Okay. Uh, and I don't, I don't think it was intentional. It was, it was, there's a natural period to hear this stuff, and then you just want to turn it over in your head and then come back a couple weeks later and ask questions about it or... For me, anyway, that that was true. I heard this stuff, and I thought, "Well, this is interesting stuff." But how do I put that into action? So, I'll, I'll say what it is, and then we'll figure out ways that we can all put it into action because I think that's the, a really important part of it. Otherwise, we just know stuff, and there's no good in just knowing things. It's useless uh, if we're not taking what we know and at least trying it out, auditioning it, and 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 finding ways that we can wield the knowledge to our benefit, then we're just know-it-alls with a smug look on our face. <laughs> we don't want to be that. Uh, so creation, creation, does my mouth work? Hold on, I need to drink some water. Drink some water. <laughs> I don't have Novocaine in my mouth right Yet. <laughs> yeah, that was my... That's my, my treat that for That is your nightly, here. yeah, <laughs> I just, routine. Um, <laughs> what? What? The snort. Okay, go so, on. <laughs> so, nature, let's put it this way. I was going to say God. God slash nature slash the universe creates, maintains, and destroys. This is the this is the function of how nature uh, manifests, upholds, and dissolves creation. Creation, maintenance, destruction. And everything that's 
that has come into this world or this universe follows that path or has followed that path. First something is created, it, it is maintained uh, ideally until it loses its relevancy and then it's destroyed. And they have um, uh, deities who personify these laws of nature. So creation, it would be Brahman. Maintenance, that's Vishnu. And destruction, Shiva. So uh, this is why, you know, if you're in India, you see someone throwing something out, and you might hear them say, Om Namah Shivaya, and get rid of it, that kind of thing. Is that like good riddance? One of my exactly okay. like good Darn riddance. it. I'm always looking for an excuse to say good riddance. <laughs> we don't want we don't want to say good riddance to Shiva. <laughs> we want to show Darn. a lot of respect okay. and and um, humility and reverence for that that law of nature that destroys. Now this these functions are different ways of God behaving. It's all one God. It's all one thing. Everything is one thing anyway. There's one thing in the universe, and you're it. I'm it. Um, this It just looks like we're living in a universe of diversity, but we're just all these waves on this ocean of this one unified consciousness field. So creation, something there's an intent, and something is created. Or there's an idea. I think... I can hear Vivi going I through know. a Shiva moment. Yeah. Um, there's something. <laughs> sound effect. We just had baby sound effects into the background for for inter something interesting. Yeah. Um, so an idea or an intent. Okay. An intent of nature or an idea that we have. For instance, we had an idea once to do a podcast. And it was a pretty, I think, it was a natural idea because we were kind of doing this anyway, but without microphones. It was right. just our our chance to guzzle coffee together basically yeah and um and which we, we do so well <laughs> we, we do we do um and and then what we did is we acted on it which was great it felt charming um and so we you know we did it and then now now is the maintenance period because now it has to be upheld until or nurtured until it loses its relevancy right and how are we on the maintenance thing we're surprisingly not that good we don't no. record that much no. we always say like you know what we're gonna do we're gonna do we're every gonna week every other week every week yeah we're gonna we always regroup and have these delusions that we're actually gonna have a consistent podcast but we never do but that's okay i blame travel it's travel it's no, I'm not going to blame the babies. I almost said babies. Well, what do I know? <laughs> well, the they babies do occupy a lot of my time That's true. and space. Yeah. Yeah. And then destruction is when, do, when does this thing end? At yeah. some time, and we'll know it, it'll lose its relevancy. Um, and But when you have something that – a podcast where you're actually bringing out ideas of Vedic, of Vedic knowledge, it might have some legs simply because – it's hard for the Vedas to lose relevancy. Um, are there vintage Vedas? All Vedas are vintage. <laughs> Good answer. That's the right answer. <laughs> Thanks. So now, so let's take creation first. Okay. We, we lead with creation always. And in our lives, we're always doing all sorts of stuff. We're always playing the, the, the creation function or the maintenance function 
or the uh, or the the destruction function. Yeah. You know, we get clothes, creation in a sense. We we bring it into our home, we maintain it, wash the clothes, this kind of thing. And at some point, we decide it has to go off to goodwill. That's that's shiva. It's time. It's lost its relevancy. I you know you decide like you decide you don't want to wear a pink tutu all the time. Right. So it's time to take it to goodwill or the Salvation Army. Either or, yeah. and we had we did have a conversation about this. Yeah, the Salvation Army apparently is an actual army. It's an army. It's an army. You should take some time and look that one up, <laughs> everyone. Yeah. So uh, we have to do this in our lives, and, and it's important to know when to create and how, when to maintain and for how long, and when to destroy. Creation, kind of easy for the most part. People get ideas. They're charmed by their ideas and they go for it. Is it easy? For I think it's the easiest bit, but it might just be easy for me. And there might be some people who find creation difficult but find destruction very easily. I would find maintenance to be probably universally most Accessible applied. Easy. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. And and um, that's second. We, we want to maintain, but it's second. We don't lead with maintenance. Right. We lead with creation Maintenance is secondary, and then tertiary is uh, is destruction. Now, how do we know? And here's the crux of the whole thing. If some, if there's something in your life that you are over maintaining, if there is too much maintenance in anything, in a job, a relationship, um, a podcast, uh, a hobby. What are you trying to say? I, I'm, I'm, I was going to make a joke, but my mouth isn't working. <laughs> you um, saw the Novocaine. <laughs> yes, Bacaine. That's what he's, it should be called. <laughs> uh, so you have... Oh, okay. If you maintain for too long, that maintenance, that over-maintenance will attract destruction operators, the scavengers of the universe. Now, why is I that? love this concept of yes. destruction operators. The destruction What operator. does it look like for you in your brain? Nah, like it, looks like, <laughs> it looks like goblin people. Goblin people? Yeah. I kind of imagine the guys in white from Star Wars. Ooh, the, star, the stormtroopers. Thank you. Yeah. I've only seen Star Wars a small handful of times. Yes. Um, yeah, like stormtroopers, destruction stormtroopers. Destru yeah, destruction Hard operators. Hard to say. And these destruction operators um, could come in any forms. And let's say it's let's say it's a job, and someone's at a job, and they are doing their job, but it's it's become irrelevant because they're not supposed to be there. They don't actually want to be an insurance salesman. They, you know, they have other ideas and maybe what they're doing is they're staying in it because it's comfy because the paycheck is good. If this person knows they're not supposed to be there and they, they're there and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, this is too much maintenance. You know, maybe it was very smart to have that job for a while because they got stuck somewhere, they needed money and they thought just six months and that was probably the right amount of time. And then yeah. three years later... You're still there, bored as hell, and um, and I've talked to people like this, and I say you have to quit tomorrow, and they always say, well, it's not really convenient, maybe down the road, and I tell them this principle. 
This is over maintenance. You're hanging on to something because you're afraid of change. You're afraid of letting go of your safety net. And, uh, and in doing that, you're going to make things worse for yourself. Because if you don't quit, you're inviting destruction operators to come in or sh Shiva to come in. And once Shiva shows up and destroys it for you, you've now lost your ability to negotiate the change that you could have negotiated right. if you do it tomorrow, that kind of thing. And this is so important. I've seen it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. It never fails. And it's a big with jobs, big with relationships, big yeah. with all sorts of things. If you're not, if you know it's time to end something, you have to do it or the universe is going to step in and help you. And sometimes it doesn't feel like help when the universe has stepped in to help you. Right. That's when things feel like it, things are out of your control. Yeah. Like, and then what happens? People are like, oh, I lost my job. Yeah. <laughs> you knew you were going to lose it. Yeah. For two years. Yeah. Uh, but it's, and I, you know, this is why, one, it's good to meditate because um, it's thundering. It's okay, and Hank. It's okay, Hank. Hank does not like the thunder. Yes. Good boy. It's good to meditate. It's good to meditate because that that dissolves stresses and it sharpens our discernment, our discriminatory factors of or our, or I should say our fine level of feeling, which is our ability to detect charm and aversion. Then um we should pay attention, just, just pay attention, pay attention to the areas of our life that feel like maybe they're either coming to an end or they're uncomfortable or something has to change. And here's the thing. Sometimes if things are uncom uncomfortable, it doesn't mean we need to take, we need to destroy everything. Sometimes things just need change. Right. There's a new way of maintenance or, um, uh, it just, it doesn't always have to be destruction. But sometimes, sometimes it does. We see this in nature, and this is a great story that Tom Knowles told me. Um, he's, he's friends with a lot of um, Native Americans in Flagstaff. And he's been to their ceremonies, and he's had, you know, friends with a lot of the heads of the tribe. And there was one where they, a ceremony where they needed a, a, a vulture. Um, Please say the vulture lives. The vulture lives. Okay. The vulture lives. And this is true. The vulture did live. But they need to ca catch a vulture. And we know vulture is what? A scavenger. Vultures are um, destruction operators. They scavenge. So two natives went out in the desert. And what do they do? Instead of walking in a straight line, they start walking in circles. Why is that? A straight line shows direction. It shows... Uh, an authority in knowing where you're going, you know, confidence, this kind of thing. You walk in circles, and to a destruction operator like a bird of prey, mm -hmm. it looks like you're lost. Right. It looks like you're getting confused. Too much maintenance. Too much um, ir irrelevant action walking in circles. So these vultures see this, and they start circling overhead. And when the natives see that, they start crawling on their hands and knees in circles. And now Vulture thinks, oh boy, 
this is cool. I got, you know, dinner ready. Yeah. They come down and they start hopping closer. And then the natives lie down on their stomachs and they start crawling in the dirt, crawling with their bellies on the ground. And, you know, a vulture hops up and the guy grabs it by the feet, stands up, and they walk back, uh, walk back home holding a vulture. Then who knows what they do, <laughs> do with it. But we know it lives. It lives. And then they let it go. But what, what's interesting here is these natives understand the laws of nature, which makes a lot of sense. Ancient wisdom being passed down. Um, this is, you know, a lot of these Native American tribes were interacting with nature in ways that we don't. We like to destroy nature. Um, but they still have knowledge. There's still knowledge there. And they're leveraging in a pretty comical way this creation maintenance and destruction yeah they pretend to be in at the end of their maintenance mode and then they can capture this thing anyway i have a lot of questions go about the vulture well uh, yeah it's all they're all about the vulture (laughs) Oh, no. Do you think we lost it? Is there such a thing as being able to maintain in a good way? Is that always bad? Yeah. No, 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 no. Maintain in a – no. It's – main. there's there's a time – I should say this. There's a time for creation, a time for maintenance, and a time for destruction. And they both have – depending on what it is uh, – you know the the time can extend maintenance look like we maintain cars that's oh that's definitely good to maintain cars right you want to fill it up with oil you want to wash the car you want to give it gas take it for its whatever fifty thousand mile tune up is that a, is, is that a thing i don't know wait <laughs> i'm sorry i is, just have to i just have to bring up the fact that you put thirty five thousand miles on your car right in a year in one year that is insane. I know. I did a lot of driving. Okay, but go on. Right. So my car needs maintenance. So certain things are, it's good to maintain, you know, and, and it's, it's not just maintenance. It's nurture is another way of looking at it too. You know, Vishnu is maintenance. He's, it's nurturing. Um, we do this with phases of our life. We do this with every aspect of our life we maintain. And then there's a time to, to just scrap it. Um, I, I just, you know. What are the indicators of scrapping it? Something's not working. You're hitting walls. Yeah, or... too too much maintenance. Um, it, the, the number one is it, like for personal stuff, like issues. You will find yourself not in creation mode. The best way to maintain. One of the best ways to maintain is just stay in creation mode as much as you can. Well, that was going to be my other question. Can yeah. you just continue to create, create, create? And yes. then are you ever maintaining creation? I mean, are you ever like – Well, create, we leave creation. with creation. Yeah, and we want, to, we want to create a lot. But you can be all creation and be terrible at maintenance and destruction. We want to be good at all three. Oh, you want to be good at destruction. Oh, yeah. You want to be great at destruction. Here, here's, here's a um, – Destruction just sounds so destructive. <laughs> right, but but we don't it, that's just a connotation. There's something we're thinking about like what we've seen in movies. But look at it this way. If you've ever seen the show Hoarders, 
you know, what happens when uh, an old man hoards magazines, you know, and puts them all over in newspapers, puts them in his basement and things like that. This is way too much maintenance. It's hoarding. Too much maintenance will show up as hoarding. It'll show up as um, too many um, predictable patterns. And then what happens to his house? Well, it catches on fire. Too many papers. There's a spark and the whole thing, you know, his whole house burns down. But that wasn't, you know, he might say, oh, I was a victim or that was my fault. It was completely his fault because maybe the fire couldn't travel as well or the spark couldn't travel if there wasn't all that paper right. downstairs. But then here's the thing. What nature isn't trying, trying to destroy aspects of your life because nature is an asshole. Nature is trying to do it to get you back into creation mode. I just want you to have a metal album called Nature's an Asshole. <laughs> uh, metal album. <laughs> but, but this is, um, nature's on our side. Nature wants us in creation mode and nature wants us to evolve and flourish. These learning how to operate in creation and maintenance and destruction is all about evolution. Some people are very good. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I kind of was because I want to sell, um, rent my apartment this summer. Yeah, I had too much crap in my apartment. Yeah, it was just from storage and not and not living places and then emptying the storage into my house and all this stuff. So for the past four days, I've been playing Shiva, and it's tiring to actually, you know, to throw all that stuff out. I was taking things to Goodwill, Salvation Army, both. He was really trying them both out. He was really trying, trying them on for size. Which one feels better for my right. heart? Um, and, but the thing is, is, is you do that and you're shedding skin, you're shedding ideas. Um, I have a friend, you know. But you also have a lot of changes coming up in your life. So that's also creation at the same time, isn't it? And yes. Can they be the same? No, no, it's, it's, it's the same. But here's the thing. What if, okay, like I may have a lot of, I remember I used to go on my teacher's um, uh, India retreat all the time. thought you were going to say dates. No. <laughs> I no. used to go on a lot of I used India to go retreats. on Tom Knowles' <laughs> retreat in India all the time. And okay. I actually love going on that retreat. But the last time I was there, I kind of thought, this is becoming the ever-repeating now. Right. And... That's not on Tom. It's just that if I'm always going to his retreat, and to me, I always want to be around him and at his retreats and hearing him lecture. There, there's always stuff to learn. But I've also been teaching for 10 years. I've been right. doing this for 10 years. And, and I remember thinking, it's fun to be here. I'm, the, the knowledge is always refreshing. But, but it's, I, can, I could just begin to detect this is becoming the ever-repeating now. Um, meaning I need to, I'll still go on occasional retreats uh, and sit, sit at his feet and listen to knowledge. But once you start feeling it's become the ever-repeating known, you're, in, you're, you're, you're starting to lean into too much maintenance. Um, what's true is that I need to be doing more retreats myself. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and you are. And I am, yeah, and I am. But we have to. But this ever repeating known thing is the is the kiss of death to relationships, jobs, any kind of dynamic, any kind of um, you know. If you just find yourself doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, 
if that's how you think like oh this is monotonous day in day out this is you need to find a way to get into creation mode or detect what needs to be destroyed and let it go does creation mode ever work like destruction mode wherein there's it's inevitable like it's well sometimes getting out of too much maintenance doesn't mean if you're in too much maintenance if you find yourself in the ever repeating known it will probably you will either have to destroy or just get back into creation mode so what's what you need to do can we pick a favorite creation should be everyone's favorite it is i was i was gonna say it's my favorite but maybe destruction too but this, yeah, you, you people have to be good at destruction. You have to be good at opening up your closet and say, this pile of clothes, I don't wear anymore. And since I don't use it, it's not useful. Time for the Salvation Army. Newsflash, he's going to bring up the Salvation Army or Goodwill again. <laughs> I just went. <laughs> I'm really into the Salvation Army and Goodwill. Um, but does that make sense? Yeah. You know, that, that act of, you know, but it's big in relationships too. I, I know, um, we all know people who are in relationships that have, that have gone past their due date, way past their due date. Friends of ours, you know, and it, it, there's all sorts of things. And sometimes a relationship goes past its due date after a week. Sometimes it's 20 years, 50 years. All, it doesn't, everything is different. What we have to do is find what's repeating too much what's the ever repeating known and then how can but life by nature is repetitive like there is a very i think human beings strive for the familiar because it makes them feel like they're in control it makes Mm -hmm. them feel like they're comfortable yeah but i guess nature i guess that's that's not true nature is not necessarily repetitive but the way that humans interact with nature can certainly be. Sure. But the most amazing things that you have ever done with your life, I'm pointing at Bree, but I'm metaphorically pointing at anybody listening to this. The most amazing (laughs) things you have ever done with your life came from you jumping, making a leap with no safety net and going into the unfamiliar and saying, I'm going to do this. Let's see what That's happens. That's always true. It's always true. That's always true. But I want to recant my previous statement, which was a recant of my other statement saying that nature <laughs> is not repetitive because look at the sun and the moon and the waves and the tide and all of that. That's repetition. Well, it's repetition for us, but but remember, it's perspective. Those are giant consciousnesses in the heavens, and they have their own repertoire of behaviors and their own preferences and their own life cycles what if the moon one day is just like that's it i'm out destruction <laughs> mode it you'll might, never it see could, me again it, yeah, it could happen <laughs> to us to us it's but but you say you know the sun and the moon but look at the cycles of of um seasons what's going on it's so easy it's creation spring maintenance summer destruction fall dark destruction winter and then and then winter it's like the pause (laughs) oh winter gets a winter gets like a i thought you were gonna be like it's secret destruction secret extra dark destruction (laughs) (laughs) but um but and then look at pregnancy creation maintenance baby grows we all know we all know what the creation bit is (laughs) (laughs) maintenance wow you just 
You just did like the hand. I, I just have to explain what you just did. You put your hand to the side of your cheek and leaned towards the microphone. You were excited about that. I was. Yeah, I was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. So, <laughs> so that's creation. We know what that is. Maintenance. Okay. Um, and, and, but also baby growing in the, in the womb is also well, creation right, as well, but right. it's time. What, what you're doing is maintaining the pregnancy. Yeah. And then baby is born. She, lots of destruction going on dur- during birth. Yeah. Um, but everything's going on during birth, creation, maintenance and destruction. And then that umbilical cord, which, um, was probably the most important thing for that baby for the nine months is now a liability. And destruction of your sleep schedule. Destruction yep. of your yep. other but things. the umbilical cord. Life as you know. That thing was the lifeline. Yeah. Literal lifeline. And now if you don't cut it, it can, if you don't destroy it, it will destroy the mother or the baby. Right. Fascinating. And now there's a new phase of life. And <clears throat> when we're, when we're artfully leveraging creation, maintenance, and destruction, we're more likely to move through the inevitable phases of life in a more frictionless way that that um, makes us feel happy and, uh, you know, uplifts us and is evolving and all that. So this is a Vedic concept, mm-hmm. but does it do does it appear other in other places and other? Well, it, it, it appears in storytelling and to- story structure. Always. I mean, because so there's there's, there's there's cycles. Story structures are right. cycles. There's desire. There's um, a way you go after the desire, and then if it doesn't work, you either destroy or you go back into creation mode. So you see it. You see this in all kinds of patterns. You see it in the seasons. You see it in how we structure stories. You see it in literally everything the way fauna and flora um create and die there's no nowhere we don't see it but the most obvious places are going to be in our careers our hobbies and like what we feel like we're put on earth to do and our relationships those are the big ones those are the those are the those are the stage where we get to practice this stuff. What, what? But what's the greater meaning then of it all? Evolution, always. I mean, the theme is always evolution. But some people, okay, like look at look at. Look, I have, let's look at this r- real quick. Okay. Because I've had several friends die of drug overdoses in okay. the past couple of years. It's friends and students. Um. And some of those students came because they were addicted. And and um, and I also have students who were addicted who don't even use anymore. Yeah. But with th- this is really interesting. Nature maintains, it creates, maintains, and destroys. But um, nature cannot, it, it cannot give, it can't support addiction. So there's no maintenance. It's just, it's just, it. You're just flirting with destruction. Just a spiral of destruction. It, exactly. It, nature just can't because it's not in its repertoire to uphold something that's so, le- that's so potentially lethal. It's not evolutionary. 
So there's you find these exceptions in the world, and addiction is one of them. Nature can't support addiction. And nature's support is almost everywhere. But it's not that it it has a bad taste for addiction and, and is like, nah, I'm not gonna support you. It doesn't work that way. It just it just can't. What were you gonna say? Oh, I well, you were saying it's about evolution. I had someone say to me the other day, I said something about being more evolved, and they said, there is no evolution. Humans have not evolved in the however long, I'm going to say the wrong amount of years, mm. that we've been here since they, there's no real manifest evolution. There's progress. There's progression. Mm. But thoughts on that? It's baloney. It's baloney in lots of... Um, First of all, our brains are completely different than they were uh, 50,000 years ago. They're way more sophisticated. So, and our bodies are more sophisticated. Our bodies are more resilient to things like infection and all sorts of things. So physically, we've evolved. Um, we, it seems like there has been a, almost a de-evolution because if you look back at ancient civilizations like ancient Egypt and ancient India, they seem to be a lot more evolved. Um, sure, we can build buildings and skyscrapers. Mesopotamia, and, Babylonia. Yeah. We can Babylon. build all these ama amazing structures, <laughs> but in if if we all died in a hundred years, those buildings won't even be there. They'd be rusted and fall, fall apart. But the pyramids would still be there. Right. They're, they were thinking much, you know, we might think, oh, how primitive stone, but look what's lasting. Yeah. Now, for evidence that we're not evolving, I mean, the, the Veda addresses this with ages, and we're in an age of ignorance at the moment. Until when? We have, it's not too long. We have, Looks at we watch. We have like 400,000 more years to go. What? Of Kali Yuga, yeah. But you can look. No, I thought this was like the age of Aquarius, and we're supposed well, to be happy and evolved. The full and moon fun. night. There's a miniature. There's a miniature age of enlightenment within this age of ignorance called the full moon night, and that's happening right now. It's we're at the very beginning of it. But if you look at the knowledge that that we've, it is it is entirely possible for any of us to evolve. And I know this just from meditating. I know it just for myself, just from my own consciousness state that that there has definitely been evolution in the past 14 years when I started meditating. There's no doubt about it. I, I perceive the world in a, in a different way that I think is a lot more calm and... Evolved. Yeah, <laughs> and evolved. But this is, I think, I, I completely... Um, Whatever this person said, I don't, I don't buy it one bit. And also, I've seen other people evolve as well. You know, I think maybe what this well, person is saying Well, it's also semantics. Is, like, yeah. yeah they want proof right. that they're evolving. Right. Well, everyone's always evolving. Yeah. We're always evolving. Um, so, I, I, I don't know. I dismiss that. I don't, I don't buy it. I've seen too many people evolve through meditation. And, and also people who evolve without meditation. It's entirely possible. People change, and often for the good. And often for the good. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> People change, and often for the good. Is there a clever acronym for 
creation, maintenance, and destruction. You mean CMD? <laughs> that, that sounds like a drug. <laughs> Got to get some of that CMD. <laughs> no, there is no acronym that I know about. Until now. Quick, by the website. <laughs> right. Um, I think this is just one of those things we have to practice. And we practice it by, by looking. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. We all know what needs to be destroyed. We we know it. The Salvation Army. Yeah. <laughs> Attack! I'm Let's so invade sorry. The, <laughs> Let's invade at dawn. Everyone knows what thinking pattern. Yeah. What um, maybe, uh, maybe there's something that you're doing that's keeping you um, toxic, whether it's a substance or a way of behaving. Or a Britney Spears song. Or a Britney, yeah. There's something in everyone's life that we can get rid of. And most of us know it. Most of us can name a few of them. And uh, start there. We'll just let go. Pick something. What? Okay, so you pick one right now. Like I've kind of been doing it in a, in a way this week. I've been getting rid of anything that's irrelevant in my apartment. In my house. I mean, I have taken so many trips. I have, I have gotten rid of anything that doesn't, uh, that it isn't, that I don't need or want. So, it's kind of a simple, simple answer. But because I've actually spent the past five days doing it from morning till evening and sometimes at night, that's the most obvious one. Is there a world where this is misinterpreted and people? Use this as some kind of an excuse. Yep. People will always do this, always. Not meditators or just in general? No, people just tend to... They tend they tend to either make it dogmatic, which is a mistake. Right. Or or, or they'll do it, change it for their own benefit. But it's not... I, I don't know how... This is a tough one to do it, but I'm sure you can. But what else? What else? What, how about you? What's What's up for destruction? That you need to either let go or go back into creation mode for. Um, the goodwill. The goodwill. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> no, wow, that joke start. that joke died like at least forty five <laughs> minutes ago. You destroyed <laughs> it, and now you're trying to resurrect it. It's not creation. And I want it to fight the Salvation Army. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's just a way of doing things. Look, I, I'm. I do feel that way. I think with, I, I think a transition is coming up with work and it's, I, I do find myself making decisions or doing things or letting something fall through yeah. the cracks just out of almost spite because I, there's, there needs to be some kind of transition. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean in my it doesn't mean to a different career, but um, even just maybe the way I operate within that. Yeah. I think I need to destroy some bad habits. Yeah. So it's time to let go of some stuff. Yeah. And and but but also start thinking in terms of creation too. How do you get you think in terms of what about well, what am I, I maintaining? Yeah. yeah. What am I what what doesn't need my what am I holding on to yeah. for too long? That that's one. Um you know, I'm writing more all of a sudden. That's me in creation mode. And whenever you're more in creation mode, you get more support of nature. So think big, get into creation mode, and you're more likely to enjoy supportive nature. 
I like That's that. always a good thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, sometimes things don't work, you know, and that's, I and I've been feeling this for the past six months, like things that I've normally done in the past 10 years of teaching and other things, it suddenly feels clunky. And I don't have an answer for this podcast, but yeah. I'm aware that I'm maintaining something and I'm what I'm doing is reviewing everything that I've done and finding if is is there a different way I can be doing or teaching or or things like that this this you know in the pandemic the two things I started that were that were really helped me get out or keep me from maintenance mode was this podcast and my Vedic book club it was it gave me a new way of teaching to teach sort of you know through on zoom with a bunch of people all over the world and also through this, which is which I like because I could be a little bit more irreverent, which is my comfort zone. <laughs> but um, but these are ideas like, you know, get an idea and do and do something. Go for it. That's the best. But that way. really resonates when you say if things if you just keep hitting those blocks over and over and yeah. over, that's something to pay attention to. Yep. Because it does feel like I can look at certain points in my life. Absolutely. Where you just hit roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And it just at a certain point feels like this isn't the right path right now. Yeah. You have to pay attention. Yeah. The hard part is knowing when to persevere. Right. And when to think and when to say, okay, these roadblocks are actually So what is your answer for that? Uh, I would say discernment. I would say, I would say discrimination. (laughs) Not racial discrimination. My brain immediately went there. Right. The ability to discriminate between two things and in getting in touch with charm and aversion. How charming is something? Is it, you know, is this thing that you're going for, is it still charming? You know, and it might be. It's still charming for me to teach. Absolutely. I love teaching. Um, But sometimes the blocks may come because it's nature's way of trying to push you into a different direction. And sometimes uh, through through that kind of stuff, people find new ways and new ways of growth. So I don't know exactly how to, I think, I don't know if it's one answer, but, but I would say it just comes, I mean, the thing to do is meditate. I mean, yeah. because what we do is we try and think our way out of these problems and what we have to get, what we have to get on board with is knowing, knowing without the thinking. Thinking yeah. is all intellect, coming up with the reasons why or why not. But often in meditation, you just get the answer and know and watch what will happen. The intellect will start to try to piggyback on and either ratify it or give you excuses why you can't do it. It has nothing to do with the intellect. Sometimes if you know, screw the intellect. You already know. When people say things aren't working, yeah. you hear someone who just says nothing works, nothing works, they're generally in a Saturn cycle, which is hmm. really interesting. Hmm. You can almost predict it by the way they're, they're speaking uh, because in Saturn cycles, nothing tends to work. And But what's interesting is Saturn gives you happiness and riches from all directions. She just pointed at my Saturn tattoo, which is, I have one, and it's embarrassing. But the crazy thing is, I got it for no... At the kids' table? You Did you get it at the kids' table with your cousins? No, I got it. I, I did get it with my cousins, yeah. but I got it because it was 
I thought it was just some meaningless thing. And that was in whatever, 96 or whatever it was. Wait, but you have to tell the story. Can you tell the story? I can tell the story. So we have these cousins and we go on this thing called cousin trips. We don't do it anymore. It was just too debaucherous. But we have these hard rules and whoever's turn it is gets to make the rules. So it was my cousin Jay's turn and the rule was you had to arrive with <laughs> with a tattoo or else everybody would decide your tattoo where to get it and where it goes or what what it is and where it goes so i chose this like it looks like a flash gordon comic uh icon of saturn but i thought oh this is just meaningless i'm not gonna get something like you know something that's gonna that means something to me now and won't later on but what I didn't know is I went into my Saturn cycle that week. I found that out um, uh, about 19 years later. I had no idea. And I thought I think that's a really interesting coincidence. So watch out if you feel yeah, compelled get to get a Saturn tattoo. <laughs> yeah, save your money and, and buy and buy a Yogg instead. What's the song? What the bad tattoo song? Oh, that Stephen Lynch sings. That's a queer tattoo. <laughs> Yes, if you want to hear a really funny, um, I have to plug my my friend Stephen Lynch. Just look him up on the internet, Stephen with a PH, and find the tattoo song. But also the Tennessee song is really good. Yes. Yes. Um, Amazing. Yeah. What else? Well, it's... It's It's over time. It's over time. That's okay. You're getting your booster. I'm going to get my third covid booster yeah because i'm going to indonesia right for a bali retreat i think you should tell us about that <laughs> well because i wish i was going i just have to live vicariously through your description of yeah. what it is we're uh it's it's a rounding retreat on the northeast shore of bali and this is where i did my teacher training and um this is the bali sea so there's no waves there's it's black sand beaches you can see the volcano that's on Lombok from where we are. And it's just this beautiful place to do a retreat. You know, it's in Indonesia. And if um, if you've never been to Bali, it's it's as if Hawaii and India had a baby. It's amazing. It's like it's like India took over Hawaii. It's just incredible. So it's uh, the, the nature and the culture supports what we do, you know, in, ter- in our meditation. It comes from it's a Vedic island. So, and it's very interesting to see that there's still such a thing as like a Vedic tropical island. Crazy. So we're doing a week of rounding and knowledge, and we're going to discuss enlightenment. In July. In July, July 2nd to July 9th. So, um, yes, by the time you hear this, it'll probably be passed. But if by not... By the time you hear this, it will be five years old. <laughs> 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 But yes, I do. I do this retreat every year, and it's and it's an, an amazing retreat. And then you have another one coming up in the fall, maybe. I think in the fall, maybe one, uh, maybe yeah, either here or in Taos or somewhere in between. Yeah. And then and then, hopefully, two in the, within the next year, a pilgrimage in India, mm-hmm. and we're gonna hit some very famous um beautiful temples way way high in the himalayan mountains you know what himalayan means no the abode of snow 
snow abode. Yeah, snow abode. That's so quaint and cute. Yeah. <laughs> Until you see a Yeti. Yeah. And then it's, and then you're cooked. <laughs> and it's all downhill from there. And I mean, literally downhill. <laughs> hey, Chase. You just fall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, and someone hasn't slept in a very long time. Brie, hasn't, Brie didn't sleep last night. I didn't sleep last night. Why? The, why? Choose a day to do a podcast. Oh, the day that I didn't sleep. Yeah. You were up yeah. recording Emily in Paris. Yes. A recording sesh. And we had a recording session in Paris. But you're here. But I'm here. But I will be there in 24 hours time or 48 hours time. Very exciting. Yeah. But um, yeah, we had to record and it was 10.30 a.m. their time and Dear God. 2 a.m. my time. And, Did you meditate and I when you up woke since. up? I meant to. <laughs> I did ask you what the protocol should be. Yeah. And uh, I didn't because I just was I, I needed to do a couple things in preparation before they got to the studio and yeah. get some lyrics over and all of that. So, yeah, haven't slept. I don't know what I'm – I just feel like a That's okay. crazy you'll, you'll, person. That's okay. You'll pass out after I leave. Tonight? Yeah. Should I meditate now? Yeah, you should meditate when I leave. You need you need to do one because it's it'll still – you'll sleep better if you meditate than yeah. if you don't. Okay. Well, thanks for the advice. You're welcome. Teach. <laughs> wow, uh, really regretting that one. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we'll, we'll put you out of your misery. <laughs> Please put me out of my misery. <laughs> All right. Well, that's signing it. off. Thanks. Signing off. Thanks. Through countless unmirrored walls